Hello, and welcome to the Final Girls podcast, where we explore the intersections of horror, film, and feminism. This is Anna, co-founder of the Final Girls and your podcast host. In this episode, we're going to be taking a little detour from our season dedicated to exploring the monstrous feminine to talk about a new and chilling film that has just dropped onto the streaming platform Shudder. I'm joined today by podcast regular and friend of the final girls, Becky Dark, to talk about to talk about a film that in just under 60 minutes managed to freak us both the fuck out. So in this episode, we're going to be talking in spoilerific detail from the very beginning about the Zoom horror host. Becky, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for asking me. Um, yeah, sending over this film last night was a last minute and deeply disturbing experience <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel like it's a true ode to the nature of how fast this film was made the fact that we mm. both watched the film texted about it and managed to arrange this recording and are doing this recording and will publish this podcast in less than 12 hours yes <laughs> we're so on brand with host this is amazing yeah <laughs> I love it. So to kick straight off, and like I mentioned, we're going to go into full spoiler details from the very beginning. So don't hold back. And if anybody who's listening to this hasn't seen Host yet, it's an hour long horror film. Everyone's got an hour. We spent hours of of our days on Zoom. This is probably the best use of Zoom I've ever seen. (laughs) So to kick off our conversation, Zoom is really out of nowhere taking over our lives in lockdown and beyond so you know for work for socializing so what has been your relationship with that particular platform yeah it's been it's been really weird and it's kind of gone in peaks and troughs so um when we first entered lockdown and everybody was suddenly panicking that we weren't going to see each other i suddenly found myself zooming and having video calls with friends who I've never video called before even though I have spent longer kind of not seeing them (laughs) than you know we were kind of at the beginning of lockdown but there was just this air of like panic about it and you know trying to I think instill an element of like we're all stuck in our houses you know we need to reach out we need to continue to connect and video call we're so lucky um during this pandemic as opposed to ones years and years and years ago because we've got all of this technology that does mean that we can remain connected so it was chats and quizzes and um you know watching films together and all of that stuff and that was quite intense at first then it dipped off and i think people realized that actually we were kind of in this for the long haul and you just had to get used to the new routine and I think people kind of got bored of Zoom a bit quickly um so it it dropped off a little bit and now I think it's for me taking a bit more of a a up it's like a bit of an upswing again um because I think people have gotten over that initial kind of um like fatigue with it and people are just using it a little bit smarter Hmm. so what did you make of the idea of a horror film made entirely over zoom i thought it was inevitable really (laughs) um (laughs) you know we've we've had computer screen horrors and thrillers um before you know we've had unfriended um searching was a really effective thriller 
and uh, re- like much more recently, and um, I know this wasn't kind of done over a video call platform, but Death of a Vlogger, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this this film host really reminded me of that that kind of. Um, you know, using phones and using laptops to explore small flats that were in the dark and that kind of thing. So, you know, we've seen it before, but there was definitely, I think, uh, I do think it was inevitable that at some point people were going to use this new situation of us all being very isolated Mm. in our own spaces, but also having this constant opportunity for connection over video calls. And that the opportunity that it gives for the kind of frame analysis horror where you're just looking in the background the whole time for a door creaking or a lamp moving or you know something like that uh, I'm glad that it's come along as quickly as it has and I'm glad that it's come along as as effectively as it has because you know it could have been disappointing but I wasn't disappointed Mm. with this at all so tell me what did you make of host as a whole scared the shit out of me Anna (laughs) (laughs) I was um <laughs> I was I was in bed. I thought I thought like I just finished my tea and I thought, oh I know, you know, I love watching these sorts of films on a laptop mm. as they are made and as you know it makes it so mm. much more effective. So I put my earphones in. It was kind of it wasn't dark yet, but it was that sort of twilight time. So it got dark as I was watching the film. And it was about 45 minutes in and I suddenly realised that I was sitting in the pitch black in my bedroom and I had to pause the film and call to my husband who was in another room of the house and say, would you mind coming and switching on the bedroom light for me because I'm too scared to get out of bed in the dark. Like this was visceral. Similarly to you, I watched it kind of at that twilight moment when the sun was going down and I lived by myself. So I was watching it with my with my good headphones on my big computer on my desktop. And I literally screamed out loud several (gasps) times to the point where I think my neighbors got concerned because it was just (laughs) that thing with I forgot that the light was going down. And then again, I was in pitch black darkness for the last 15 minutes. And it did that thing was like, I can't I can't have this be my full screen right now it's too freaky so i had to minimize Mm -hmm. it and kind of turn the lights on it was a lot and the fact that it's you're right the fact that it sort of mimics so well the interface of zoom makes it so terrifying because it's like it literally feels like you're on a zoom call with your friends and all of this is going down and it's pure panic the single time that I remember feeling so viscerally afraid of my surroundings where it felt just so everyday horror in a really relatable way was watching Paranormal Activity kind of in bed Mm -hmm. in you know whenever that came out and being terrified of just being in my bedroom because that's where Mm -hmm. everything was set but even that had a distance this was like right there and just so current as well. It's not even like we've come out of the pandemic and out of the increased use of video calls and this was made to kind yeah. of look back on it 
it's like we're literally it's still going on yeah. every single day and you're so right about the um the interface and stuff mm. and how well that was used because even little things like um the first thing they all do or what, what the first thing that two of them say is um oh my god babe your hair looks great yeah. like that's every single time yes. I see one of my friends and I haven't kind of seen them for a while oh my god your hair's gotten so long or oh wow have you like now yeah. now that the salons have reopened like oh my god you've had it cut does it feel amazing how was you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it's little details like that made it feel so authentic and later on when um one of the characters I think it's Caroline mm. is um, she's uh, sort of with her face sadly and brutally is like typing like gibberish into yeah, the yeah. keyboard and so the chat notifications keep coming yes. up and then they just sit there as this little red yes. notification and even that was giving me anxiety because I was just like, please will somebody fucking click on that so we can read them or at least just get rid of the little red guy. Like <laughs> I know. And like, there's a moment as well where sort of, you know, where they're kind of walking around or when, you know, they shift or, you know, they connect the laptop or the phone to a power source <laughs> and kind of the light, the brightness comes back up a little bit and mm -hmm. they're reflected or when someone mutes themselves to go and pee. It's just all of these small behaviors that we've gotten so used to that increase that level of authenticity. So what did you make about the the key characters because the basic premise is that six friends get together to do a zoom seance that's sort of being mm -hmm. facilitated by a medium who's only in this for the first i want to say five minutes or so and kind of then disappears because again because her connection is bad <laughs> which i love um so what did you make about their dynamic i thought it was excellent actually and i really loved the kind of natural way that they all spoke to each other. Mm. And as I understand it, they're kind of, they're friends in real life. Um, and there was such an authentic dynamic between them, the way they, um, the way they greeted each other, mm. the way there were um, even kind of the awkwardness mm. of that first, when they all first come yeah. on, like who's gonna speak. And, you know, it is because talking to your friends even if you've known them for years and years mm. or you know them really well over video calls there is always going to be that disconnect it's really difficult to make eye contact with each other um, there's sometimes that kind of lag where you're somebody will go to say something and then you think oh god I've got to fill the silence so then you actually go to talk and then you're chatting over mm -hmm. each other and so I thought they captured that really well and I thought the dynamic between the characters was excellent in such a because you know the film is so short but in such a short period of time I thought they very effectively mm. made these people that we could connect with and then you know so so the fear is so effective because um, I thought they did a really great job mm. of introducing these characters so quickly. Yeah, and it's it's an amazing testament, I think, to the performers as well. The fact that, well, there's two things. The fact that the film doesn't really try to create these over-elaborate stories for them. They, you know, because mm -hmm. friends in real life wouldn't 
just start chatting and explaining their past and their motivations over a Zoom call. They're just going to go directly into the action, into the main bit. And what did you make of the of the performances? Because I don't I don't know about you. I found it kind of amazing that they're able to convey such pathos and also care for each other and also be just absolutely fucking terrifying through basically their relationship with the screen and how they play with that yeah absolutely and one of the i suppose one of the benefits but also a potential kind of con is is that with this sort of film that camera is just in your face constantly Mm. and you know they are leaning in a lot because they're trying to see what's happening in the background or they're kind of leaning forward with um anxiety and i believe this you know this sort of kind of desire to try and connect with each other especially as the as they're sort of becoming scared for each other's safety um and that kind of scrutiny on an actor's face of such a you know such a close-up but also just kind of relentlessness of that camera just constantly pointed at them um can be a con because it can kind of reveal you know flaws and um weaknesses i suppose in performances Mm. and i was i was absolutely captivated by it i i was i was in it and i think that is a huge testament to the performances because i wasn't constantly thinking oh, like, I don't know, like, you know, that that was weak or she fluffed that mm. or he could have delivered that better or anything. I just I just believed it. And I think, you know, that that dynamic of them already having existing relationships before making the film must have added to that. But I think for for a film of this scale and for actors of their kind of experience, I do. I agree with you. I thought it was really, really impressive. So let's get into the horror aspects of this, because we've both kind of raved about how scary we found it. Mm. I found that it used quite smartly used quite a lot of familiar tropes of found footage movies, but also supernatural and paranormal films, especially the ones that revolve around summoning spirits or seances or Ouija boards and so on. So how do you think the, do you think the the film's use of those tropes was effective? Yeah, I do. I mean, in terms of effective in creating and crafting effective scares, then yeah, I mean, (laughs) um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was trope heavy. Um, You know, there's, there's an attic, Mm -hmm. um, there's lights going out, lights flickering, glassware smashing bangs in the background some you know jump scares of things jumping out of the dark towards the end that now well-worn um but i think always effective trope of the the camera flash Mm -hmm. you know to see what's going on um it was so good and especially like leading up to that final scare even though you know it's coming still work i want to come back to the kind of zoom notifications in terms of the like 10 minutes left and the countdown <laughs> and stuff but just sticking to the tropes at the moment like you know all of that stuff is is well worn ground we've seen it all before um but i think because the medium of the film of it being done as a zoom mm. call was so fresh for me 
it, it didn't matter that I'd seen those things before because I thought it was still executed really well. And as I say, I couldn't get out of bed to switch the light on. So, you know, when there's the skeptic, there's a friend who sort of makes light of the seance. There's the friend who um, is a lot more invested in it, takes it more personally. You know, even some of the visuals, they remind you of other films, but that doesn't make them any less effective i think for me it was mm. mostly the fact that there's such uncinematic settings the fact that you're kind of forced to look behind the characters or try to see things in a way that doesn't seem so um designed in a way even though it obviously is you know it's a, it's a well-crafted film but coming back to your earlier point about kind of the the zoom aesthetics what how do you think the film makes the most out of the limitations and the and the desktop and the zoom specific setting um so i thought that the the point that they made about them needing to be more careful because it was being done over zoom mm. so the the i think it's is it salen the, yeah. the uh, medium she says that this is her first seance over Zoom. And she says that, you know, that means that they need to be, um, like they're not quite as protected as if they were all together and they were making like a physical circle. And there's a lot of stuff about um, like visualizing the circle, visualizing them holding hands. Mm -hmm. They each have a candle instead of having just one. And I thought that that was a really nice device that then when um, one or two of the characters are kind of disrespecting the process, mm -hmm. disrespecting the spirits, that that then opens this kind of gateway for the horror that then ensues. So I thought that was a really neat device. Um, and again, like kind of something that you can almost like believe, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it seems like a terrible idea to do a seance <laughs> over Zoom. Why are you doing this? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, in terms of like the notifications and stuff that come up. So there was a great one that pops up 10 minutes from the end of the film. Yes. You have 10 minutes left. <laughs> oh um, and at that point I was like, oh God, well, things are really going to start ramping up now then, aren't they? Like, I can't remember the last time a film I was watching literally gave me a countdown to the yeah. end of it. And then the the minute countdown that flashes up in the top left-hand corner with like the little upgrade button, like upgrade if you want to continue your call. And so it is literally counting down 60 seconds as... Um, I think it's Haley and Gemma mm -hmm. are going through um, Haley's like, yeah, flat yeah. with the with the Polaroid flash, and so you're like every time it flashes, you look up to the timer again. Like, is this going to be the time that the jump scare is going to come out? And again, you might be sort of thinking oh, if there's a countdown to a jump scare, does that make it less effective? No, it bloody doesn't. Mm. If anything, it made it more effective because you're just like, I know it's coming, I know it's coming, but it still got me. I know, same. I almost instinctively went to close down the notification window when it popped up. <laughs> <laughs> Which sort of really reinforced this intense identification with the film where I was like, Fuck it, I'm actually, is it gonna, also going to happen to me? Because I'm just in this yeah. apartment by myself watching this damn movie. And what did you think of, of how they employed the scares and this killer spirit? Which we don't really learn anything about. And I love that as well. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because, you know, there's none of this kind of, I don't know... Uh, 
you would usually in a film like this get the point where the hero um, or the protagonist goes and does some research, right? So what happened in this building before? Mm-hmm. Or, and then you learn the backstory of the evil spirit that, or the, you know, the the antagonistic spirit that is sort of haunting this this space um and of course they don't have any time for that so it just it just (laughs) just you know crashes straight on (laughs) with the with the scares and the action with very little exposition at all which is fab um i thought if i had if i did have a criticism about the film and it's not really a criticism it's more of an observation because it's very low budget and they made it in about 12 days. But I thought there were a couple of instances where we could have maybe seen less of the actual um, spirit. Mm. There was one shot, um, I can't remember exactly who it is. It might be, it might be the guy when he's in the barn, but you get, yeah, Teddy, thank you. But you get a flash of Mm. it and it kind of looked a bit like the first Slayer from Buffy the Vampire Slayer Um, but it was just and it was very quick but I sort of thought oh that brought me out of it a little Mm. bit it looked a little bit ropey and then the last last shot what you know the big jump scare at the end again I just thought "Mm, I could have maybe seen a little less Mm. Um, but that is you know that's a, a very sort of small observation in what otherwise I thought was done absolutely brilliantly in terms of the scares you see that's interesting that you mention it because i started making up a whole story in my head about why we started seeing the spirit in more detail oh wow like it was very we we didn't see anything in the first couple of kills and then we we see this sort of like first slayer-esque sort of messy but already corporeal spirit and then with the final yep. one we actually see it um you know bloodied face and very up close and I was like, it, uh, you know, because our, I think our instinctive reaction with this sort of unexplained phenomena is to try to rationalize it and to try to make up a reason for it. And without the film giving us kind of any exposition or backstory, which I also love because it just forces me to imagine one. I started thinking, it's like, oh, is it that the more that it kills the more strength it gathers so we can actually materialize. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that, that was the filmmaker's intention, but, uh, you know, just the idea of having me create this reasoning for the spirit materializing more um, made it a much more... It was already a pretty active experience watching it, but it just made it much more so intense because I started creating a whole narrative for it to essentially explain the the shifting appearance of the spirit, which had gone from sort of you know, flash images or completely invisible to being a physical manifestation that can also actually get blood on itself because it didn't have that before, before Teddy, I think. Mm. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And you're right. I, I guess I couldn't, kind of actually hadn't thought of it as a progression because you're right. At first, it's very much kind of classic poltergeist mm. stuff, you know, lights flashing, chairs um, sort of being dragged around the room, cupboards mm. being opened, that kind of stuff. Then you kind of go to um, Emma and like the the filters yes. and the mask. Oh my god! Um, Never using a cool. fucking filter. And again. then, mate, honestly, <laughs> oh god, it's just it's so um, it's just so every day. Like it, it literally has made me consider so many of my actions, even over the last sort of twelve hours since I watched it. Ridiculous. Um, and then, yeah, so, you know, you get the brilliant bit with the flower yes. on the floor, which, again, was, you know, very sort of paranormal activity. Yeah. Um, 
and then the the sheet over it etc so yeah I hadn't kind of thought of it as that kind of progression I absolutely love it now you've pointed that out did you have a favorite moment or a favorite scare for you I thought that it sounds um like psychotic to call this a favorite moment (laughs) but I found the um the bit with uh Caroline being like smashed into the keyboard was just almost impossible to watch because it was so well done Mm. Um, it was brutal um so I thought that was excellent and yeah I think I'm just gonna say that (laughs) I love that especially with the intercutting of her of the loop of her just hanging out in her apartment and being okay because then that was so creepy so and the fact that the loop kept playing if even after she died so intensely yeah. creepy i know i loved i think yeah i think my favorite was when and i made um i showed you this <laughs> my psychotic notes watching the film was just legs <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of exclamation marks <laughs> the, because i love those shots in horror films where the person who's watching doesn't see the scary thing, but mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of oblivious. And then the audience knows a bit more than the protagonist. And I love those moments because I'm terrified. And I think that was the first time where I actually yelled at the, the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, it was, it was you know, one of those beautiful fleeting moments yeah. where her, her camera phone pans round. We all see it. She doesn't. Pans back and it's gone. Mm um yeah really really well crafted and again like the um I loved and I all I'm sure I kind of shouted out something like yes babe or something because (laughs) that that classic thing of like oh sure so now it's time to go up in the attic because we've heard some banging up there and that idea of of us all kind of rolling our eyes a little bit Mm. like why are you doing that that's a ridiculous decision um and her going halfway up the ladder and then being like nope and coming back down and at that point I was like thank you of course that is what you would do you would just be like no absolutely not and she goes and gets the selfie stick and yeah I thought another thing just sort of following on from that point that I found very effective about the zoom was as Caroline is going around the house Mm -hmm. looking for her dad um, then hears the knocking from upstairs puts the laptop down opens the door etc The other girls on the call are all saying things like, we're here with you, we're here with you. And of course, they're not. Like, you know, if they were all on the landing with her physically, it's like, we're down here, don't worry. Yeah, you go up, but we're right here. And they're saying those comforting things. But obviously, because of the pandemic and because of the nature Mm -hmm. of Zoom and video calls, they're not there. They can watch it happen. And... I found that a really interesting almost like comment on on friendship over Zoom, friendship during the pandemic where we have had that that physicality mm. of friendship sort of removed from us, that instinct that we have to just kind of run round to each other or let's go down the pub, do you want to meet for a coffee? Mm. You know, that kind of thing. It's been removed and and the the pressures and the complications of trying to maintain support for your friends over things like zoom i just thought that was very cleverly done totally you've kind of answered a question that i was just about to ask you about kind of how do you think this 
taps into lockdown or COVID anxieties. But I think you really nailed it in that thought. And I think that's also the element that elevates the film for me. So there's there's a couple of things. On the one hand, it's it's very easy to just say, oh, this is, you know, this was inevitable. This is the kind of an... Uh, a reaction to you know filmmaking being impossible right now to productions being halted Mm -hmm. but I think it's much smarter than just a zoom gimmick because it really taps into this idea of being of the distance friendships of the lack of human contact of even the difficulty of a connection or even um, eye contact and then also on a more cinematic level it's really playing around with the idea of the audience because like you mentioned, when she's about to go up in the attic, her friends are watching her. She's actively being watched by someone, which is what we all do when we're watching horror movies. But in this case, it's a very different type of interaction because, you know, I might be screaming at the screen, don't fucking go up in the attic, what are you doing? But her friends in (laughs) the film that I'm watching as well are doing the exact same thing because they're very familiar with that. It's sort of existing on all of these numerous layers of people watching each other put themselves in danger or be in danger and being totally unable to do anything about it, which is so, I think, creates such a huge amount of a very specific type of tension where Mm. you're invested, you're participating, but you are still alone and all of the characters are still alone, even though they're constantly in dialogue and in contact with their friends. Yeah, totally. So, and on that note, the one moment when we see characters meet in real life and not just on the screen is when Gemma runs over to Haley's house. Um, what did you make of those? I don't know how, how long it is, like those last few minutes of the film. I loved that when she gets there, they like bump elbows and then kind of like laugh about it. There's, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, it's a very self-aware film. Mm. And the characters are also very self-aware. Mm-hmm. And I really I really loved the way that that comes through and that little sort of moment where they... Because, again, you know, that, that um, after having gone through this sort of experience together, the instinct mm. would be to run up and throw your arms around each other, you know, feel each other, you're safe, you're mm-hmm. warm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and all they do is kind of bump elbows because the pandemic and I I loved that I thought that was a lovely little touch um and then uh, there was an element to me at that point because I think Jenny's saying let's just get the fuck out of here you know let's let's leave the flat and there was a little bit of me going yes yes seriously like why aren't you leaving the flat (laughs) (laughs) um but saying that you know you do get that that hugely tense kind of finale that i've i've already sort of spoken about with the countdown and the flashes and that amazing final scare um yeah and i mean you know i just it sort of it ends and i felt completely you know just like wrung out just like <gasps> you know just amazing yeah to wrap up our conversation about this film and i think it's i mean We've been raving about it for about 30 minutes, so I can't imagine (laughs) another answer to this, but would you recommend people seek it out? 
hundred percent yeah <laughs> if you've got shudder just get on it if you know people even if you're working today like we anna you and i are recording this on in my lunch break from work <laughs> and if we weren't recording this and i'd seen it on twitter i'd probably be watching host right now in my lunch break it's literally an hour so yeah i mean just immediately get on it and if you don't have a shudder subscription they do free trials so um you know fill your boots yeah oh god i love i love the runtime i love it i want more hour-long films and hour-long films that have this kind of impact yeah. as well. An hour-long film is always a treat, mm. but to to cram this much kind of effective tension and fear, um, and uh, like, yeah, that that kind of catharsis that you get coming out of a really good, you know, sort of supernatural mm. ghost film or whatever, um, and to genuinely evoke um a lot of the stuff that we're going through at the moment but because i think i think what i would have assumed would be it would almost be too real like too much like what we're living through at the moment and you know what i want is escapism so do i really want to watch a film where people are zooming and it's in the middle of the pandemic like you know we're going through mm -hmm. that every day but there was you know the the approach to it and the séance and the characters and the scares and everything managed to lift it above that for me so i wasn't concentrating on the fact that it was too similar to real life what i was able to concentrate on were the differences and you know how scary they were so yeah i mean yeah really really impressed becky thank you so much for coming on thank you again for asking me where can people find out more about your work online i am at bunny dark on twitter my letterbox is at becky dark um and i've got various bits and bobs and kind of writing and stuff coming out um over the next month or so so just keep an eye out cool thank you so much thanks anna and that's it for this episode of the Final Girls Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. They really help. And you can find out more about what we do on the Final Girls UK and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Final Girls UK. You can also follow Becky on Twitter at Bunny Dark. And I tweet a lot of fruity memes on Anna Be Demented. Thank you for listening, and we will be back with a new episode tomorrow as part of our regularly scheduled programming with a deep dive into aliens. Mm -hmm.